Hi, I'm Larato Skanka, but you can call me Olarato though, and you're listening to Living Content Podcast. Hello sis, welcome to our sixth episode of Living Content, where we learn to love and embrace all parts of who we are and our human experiences. You know, last week I spoke about how I'm learning to be aware of my thoughts, um, or of the thoughts rather that make me downplay myself or think very low of myself, thoughts that do not encourage or empower me. I had an eye-opening conversation with my manager sometime last week where he asked me if I could present to one of their EXCO members about the product that I do look after. Basically, here I'm talking about my line to five. Before he could say more, my thoughts had already landed on my mouth and I told him how I was not ready and how I was not qualified to be the one who does the presentation. I know. I told him that there's a lady who's been there before I came and could do a better job, and she knows a lot more than I do. He stopped me in my tracks of downplaying myself, sounding a bit disappointed though, and he said, you know one thing I will tell you, Lerato, is that you really don't see yourself the way people see you. You've been with us for just a year now, but the work that you've done outweighs everything. You don't know of the meetings I do attend where your name is mentioned. And to hear you say that about yourself worries me a lot because I have confidence in you and yet you don't. And then he said, I challenge you to believe different about yourself and I challenge you to prepare that presentation. Inferiority complex is a thing I grew up with because we were poor, right? But here I am, I have worked my butt off to deserve this moment and I don't see myself deserving of this moment. And that moment, though, when he said that, I really thanked him for shining back the lights that I wasn't seeing in myself and for still seeing me worthy of the opportunity, even after what I said. But how many of us are blessed with a manager who leads with compassion, who is able to see what you are capable of without canceling you because you've already done that for them? The week before on Saturday, I shared a reel from a lady who was saying it was a funny reel. Um, I don't know how to actually um, use the accent that she used on the video, but it was so funny, but so true at the same time. So she was saying, I told other people that as soon as you realize your power, they should be scared. Stop doubting yourself and realize your power. Go and scare some people out there, please. The minute you realize your power, people should be scared. Imagine if we showed up as our highest self each day. Imagine if we hyped ourselves of the real truth of who we are. Imagine if we claimed our sovereignty and stopped giving away our power to all narratives. Imagine if we knew how God we are by understanding the depth of the words we are made of his image. Imagine that day when you realize your power. Today we are talking about why and how we may be sabotaging ourselves. Why do we have little worth for ourselves? and shrink into smallness. We will look at what that can look like, what is the reason we do that, and how to stop, because we certainly have to stop. But in this episode, allow me to teach as I learn to believe that for myself too. Like I always say that I am learning 
as I do teach. I am learning as I do share with you. Today's question is from at Z Shibangu, and she asked, how did you, or how do you work through self-limiting beliefs? Some days I fall into their lies, like I shared. Mostly on those days, I'm really not aware until someone picks it up. But on some days, though, I am able to give myself what my heart truly yearns for, which is freedom from the bondage of these beliefs. And what that would look like at times, it would be putting price on the items I do create, learning to see value in what I produce. And instead of thinking that people are doing me a favor by buying into what I do, but knowing that it adds value in someone's life too. Sometimes the beliefs that people are buying or consuming your offering because they are just supporting can come from a place of trauma where no one made you feel seen when you created something or achieved something, but yet you were not seen or acknowledged for that. So you almost doubt or question the intention of those who are making you feel seen or buying into what you are doing and creating and those who see the value in things you do. So you tend to question that. So on some days, it looks like believing that what I do actually adds value out there and not doubting that. So here's my little honest truth and that I never shared and I am going to share it here about my previous podcast. I used to think that people would not listen to the podcast if I had solo episodes. So to move the attention from myself and the feeling of being truly disappointed if indeed people did not show up for my solo, I kept inviting guests. So what healing from limiting beliefs look like in this sense is doing what feels hard at times, showing up for solo episodes in this podcast and challenging myself to finish 12 episodes alone without trying to hide and conceal with a guest sitting here and the attention deviating from completely listening to my voice in my mind. This was an intentional challenge to myself, which I was not going to wait for a random occurrence to help me realize that I need to work on me. Because sometimes you just need to be intentional about um, healing. You need to put on the actions. You can't always wait for a random occurrence to happen that will show you, that will unveil to you what parts of you you need to work on or that will test you to actually start working on certain parts of you. So in some way, you need to put the challenge there that will test and unveil to you the parts that you need to work on and or rather that will help you work on those parts. I did share that I still get nervous pressing the publish button for each episode. And even last week, I was, trust. Most of I was even disappointed in myself for releasing it so late. But after I released it, I was so proud of myself because I made a commitment to myself before I made a commitment to you. And that's what matters to me. It takes the seemingly small, uncomfortable stretches to move you away from comfort and to your higher self. And that to me looks like showing up here. Another thing we should not forget is that sometimes we are comfortable with the things we've always known. Anything that is automatic, that does not require you any effort or that does not require any effort from us, it's easy to let ourselves stay that way. Choosing different requires awareness of your old patterns and to choose different when you realize that you are sabotaging yourself. That on its own is effort. Choosing joy is effort. 
Choosing to stop old habit is effort. Choosing to love yourself is effort too. If you notice how easy it is to dive deep into sad emotions and extend the story in our minds to make the one incidents that happen where, for example, your partner didn't clean after themselves, then in your mind you open all old wounds, play them in your mind again and again to get yourself into a worse state of sadness. Pain sometimes get addictive. This is how in many ways we continuously give life to our limiting beliefs and recreate the same story we were told, except now we are responsible for it. This is how we sabotage ourselves. Now, in today's episode, I will share what self-sabotage is based on what I found in my little search, um, which pretty much mirrors what I have already shared. Um, I will also share what it can look like and what are mostly the reason why we do it and how we can work on it. I usually try to do a little bit of research just to see if what I think about the topic and what I write about the topic is truly in line with what the psychologist think about just to respect you, you know, but just to confirm it also with what registered people in this field of healing actually think. So I make sure that it's aligned, it's not really out of line, but otherwise, if it's really, truly out of my experience, then I'll just make it clear so that I don't get you lost, you know. I think today is going to be a long episode, so brace yourself. <laughs> so let's take a little break and then we'll go on into what is self-sabotage self-sabotage is the often subconscious behavior and thought that get in the way of us achieving what we actually want we're working against ourselves and what we say we want self-sabotage involves behavior and thoughts that keep you away from what you desire most for your life it's that internal sentiment saying you can't do this this is really your subconscious trying to protect you, prevent pain, and deal with deep-seated fear. Behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems in daily life and interferes with long-standing goals. The most common of self-sabotaging behavior include procrastination, self-medication with drugs and alcohol, comfort eating, and forms of self-injury such as cutting. So what does it look like? There's quite a number of ways which you can sabotage yourself. Some of these that are quite common and that you could very likely know so well as well is blaming others when things go wrong. It's not always the case that there is someone else to blame. An example would be how in relationship, it very much easily seemed like it's always our partner's fault, right? For all our issues, for all our relationship issues. And rarely do we look at our contribution to these issues. And if we always blame others, we miss the chance to learn and grow. Avoiding conflict, as I shared in the other episode about being a people pleaser, robs you the opportunity to know yourself better beyond comfort of counseling people without wanting to know where could you have added to the situation and how could you learn from the situation. Because beyond the confrontation, you do learn something that you wouldn't have known if you avoided the conflict, it's not necessarily a conflict all the time, but if you avoided addressing the situation and having effective conversation or communication with your partner. So if conflict is very hard for you, you often would cancel the situation or often cancel people and not want to even 
deal with the situation hand. And I know because even self-confrontation on its own is the hardest, you know. So the second one is choosing to walk away when things don't go our way. Similar to the one I said before, sometimes the best option really is to walk away. But at times it would be wise to ask ourselves if you really made an effort. Example being how sometimes we misread the signs at work that if your superior, if your manager, your supervisor, your boss mistreats you, or if you have a toxic colleague, that it must be that God is telling you to leave right now. God is telling you that, mm-mm, leave this job again, right? So you decide not to stay in the job, but you realize how this does not stop. You leaving your jobs all the time does not stop. That when something is uncomfortable in your job, you tend to leave. But you might miss seeing yourself again beyond the conflict with your boss and beyond the criticism, because sometimes the criticism is what you need to build yourself. I faced quite numerous, actually. I was once told at some point that the presentation was not intelligent enough. But there's so much with those moments that teach you so much about yourself over time. Maybe in that situation, you don't see it. It hurts deep. It cuts deep. But later on in life, you realize how you needed that moment to unveil something that you do know now about yourself, right? The third one is procrastination. Normally when I'm anxious about confronting something, I procrastinate dealing with it. Like assignment, work presentation, responding to emails, working on that idea, and sometimes even writing. The one thing that I love the most sometimes really makes me so anxious to sit down and just write. Um, I'd rather choose to get myself busy with cleaning, with um, finding other means to appear productive or to stay productive in my mind. Because if there's anything physical that I do in my mind, I think that I'm productive and I end up being exhausted. I'm not able now to do what I intended to do. Now it's risen enough to say I was cleaning, so I can't finish that presentation. But avoiding the one thing I should be doing and procrastinating adds self-sabotage. The fourth one being picking fights with friends or partners. You either do things to provoke a reaction. On the other hand, you might get offended easily or take things personally. Whether they are directed at you or not, sometimes you might be having a hard time talking about your feelings, especially when, when you are upset. So you resort to being passive-aggressive instead of having more effective communication about how you feel. So you tend to be passive aggressive and pick on fights. The fifth one is dating people you know aren't right for you. Settling for people you know don't tick all the boxes, especially the most important ones. I don't talk about the the ones that are beyond earth, you know, but I'm talking about the most important ones that you should not compromise on. It's either you keep dating the same kind of person, even when the relationship keeps ending the same way, or you keep it working when your goals do not align, sometimes even with your lifestyle and beliefs, or you stay in a relationship that is visibly not going anywhere. So sometimes if your goals about where you want to see yourself financially, if you want to have kids in the future and your partner does not, I don't know in that case if it helps staying at all, or if they have a certain lifestyle that completely does not align with you, but you're staying hoping that at some point they will change. Well, I don't know sometimes that it's your part to work on changing people 
oh, you should let God be God and work on changing people as that is his job. You know, sometimes it's God's work to do the work of changing people. So you stay in relationships that you know very well that are not right for you. So in that way, you sabotage yourself. The sixth one is having difficulties stating your needs or how you feel, um, like the previous one. The seventh one being putting yourself down, underselling yourself, underestimating your value, downplaying your capabilities. And sometimes you don't believe that you have what it takes to bring the bigness of your ideas to life. And you downplay yourself and you doubt yourself. Now, what causes it and why do we do it? I think self-sabotage happens when we apply a coping mechanism that we have built around a situation that may appear similar, though at times contextually different. And I shared this in a previous episode. We have an auto-defense response to anything that triggers similar feelings. It may be a response that protects us from not experiencing the same rejection we once experienced, either growing up or in relationship, any disappointment or even any failure. So we have this defense response that if anything is somewhat triggering the same feelings that we had previously in previous relationship or growing up, then we react a certain way that sabotages this new experience. Some of the reason why we self-sabotage is fear of failure. I won't be successful at this thing. I'm not trying it. Fear of success is being afraid of what would happen if really what you had in mind manifests. And the third one being patterns learned in childhood. I'm of the belief that your childhood experience is the first pair of lenses that you will wear and see life through. Whether good or bad, they will either distort or enhance your vision to life. And depending on that, that will be what informs the next pair of lenses you need as you grow, right? As you need bigger lenses. And whether at all you will need lenses or you are good to go on your own and follow your own vision without relying on support. But every lens going forward from the first one that you had in your childhood will now be working on the previous damage, whether to better if damage is acknowledged or worsen if the damage is ignored. So the patterns we learned in our childhood always affect how we see life because that is our first lens in life. And if there were any corrective steps in between, you know, to make us better people, if that is ignored, we stay damaged. It worsened. That situation worsened. It bruised another thing. The fourth one is past relationship dynamics. If you didn't feel supported, seen, or heard, when asking for what you needed in previous relationship, you might struggle with believing that your needs can be met or should be met. So you tend to struggle with communicating your needs in your current relationship. The fifth one is we don't believe we actually deserve good things. This is when you feel like good things only happen to others who are more deserving than you. This may also be coming from a place of trauma. Maybe growing up, you were always compared to your cousin the next door neighbor, how well they did, how well they are doing, how that child next door is doing better than you, or when you were told that you are too needy and your needs were not met. So you celebrate the wins of others, but you don't see that possible for yourself as well. The sixth one, which we know very well, 
imposter syndrome. We know this beast very well. Who tells you, who do you think you are when you're about to try something new? When you're about to do that thing? When you're about to um, get out of your comfort zone? When you're about to teach? And she's like, you don't know good. You're not qualified. This is the belief that you are not smart enough, trained enough, or whatever enough to be occupying the space that you are in right now. Therefore, feeling like a fraud. Now, how do we stop or what do we do with it? First, it's important to identify the behavior and acknowledge that it's happening. How you might be getting in your way, it helps to ask yourself with most decisions you do, is this rooted in fear? Am I projecting my trauma into this situation or am I doing it for the sake of others, not for myself? The second one is try to get to the root of what is coming up for you. Learn what sets you off, what triggers you. Maybe an angry tone in your partner's voice reminds you of being yelled at in your childhood. You might always shut down even when the anger isn't directed to you. Other triggers that often put self-sabotaging behaviors into motion include boredom, how you'll watch Netflix at work and decide not to actually be invested. Fear, things going well, and self-doubt. You can check these through journaling and practicing mindfulness to bring yourself to the awareness when they do happen. The third one is ask yourself, what are you afraid will happen if this happened? What's the worst thing that will happen if you are successful at it? And the fourth one is have an accountability partner who's able to be honest with you when they see your self-sabotaging behaviors come through or see a therapist, talk about it, find a safe outlet to talk about it. The fifth one is find a mentor a consultant who has been there before, or consume content or books that get you better. The sixth one is outline the goals that you have for yourself. What are the first steps and small steps to get you to a better place of you being your better self? I made an example earlier. The seventh one is practice getting comfortable with failure. Again, failure does not mean that you are failure or the world is over. So practice getting comfortable with failure. Lastly, this is from me. When in doubt about yourself or feel like you really don't know who you are, think about all the things God meant when he created you and said she is perfect. Lean more on that truth that sometimes the world may not tell you or may have even taken from you. Lean more on the truth of how divine you are and divinely made. Now into the last segment of our episode um, on today's affirmations. In today's affirmation segment, I wanted to share the words from a beautiful song I discovered this week, or rather last week. The lyrics are so affirming. From one woman to another, I will also link the song on the show notes of this episode. And I just wanted also, I know that songs are just another way of healing. I could say so much about art and creating, but music is another way of healing. So if you do have a good playlist, I'm actually going to post this on our Instagram page. I would love for you to share your healing songs or your, your jam-packed songs that uplifts you and get you in a good spirit, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm going to share this. 
But today I wanted, in our affirmation segment, I wanted to share the words from this beautiful song. It's um, Go Bravely. So the words are, Every day a hero is reborn. She finds herself, her voice, and her purpose, not because life handed to her freely, but because she chose to accept life's gift of grace bravely. You see, this life is one of testing. Testing our patience, testing our resilience, testing how bad do we want our dreams and desires. Life says that all that we can visualize, we can have. But the test comes to determine whether we are seated in faith, courage, and conviction. Beautiful woman. So many times you have shrank your being to fit into spaces you don't belong. Time and time again, you allowed the world to dim your infinite light. Sometimes you even dim your own light. Who taught you these treasures things? Let this be a reminder that you are more expansive than even your imagination. You are the universe, the galaxies, the cosmos, and everything that the divine is and so. Because you are that, you are capable. You are gifted. You are so unique. All of the things that you may hate about yourself are your strength. It's okay to be soft. It's okay to be opinionated. It's okay to be different. And so it's okay to just be you. The world awaits to receive you. The world needs your smile, your uniqueness, your essence. So beautiful woman, go out there and take up space. Let your presence be felt. Let your voice be heard. The world needs you. We need you. You need you. And so enter the world as all of you go bravely. So the name of the song is Go Bravely by Londrell featuring Shelly Ann. As I said, I will link it on the show notes of this episode. I hope you remember these words whenever you do forget. And that's it for me for today. Have a good one, sis. Chat to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate you for being here. Please remember to share your love openly here by subscribing, sharing these episodes, and also just adding your feedback on the reviews. So this podcast can also be easily found by those in similar journeys and needing the message here. I would love to hear how the podcast is helping you. So do share that too with me and be sure to check the podcast out on Instagram. Keep well, chat to you soon.